It's Jackson. Where it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Here we go. What's up? <laughs> Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes at your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. I'm a little out of breath because right before the show started, I realized I didn't have within arm's reach my coffee cup. Really, a coffee cup. I had my coffee in a the thermos up here, but I didn't have my cup. And so I had to run and get my A coffee cup. Run back, and I'm all out of breath. But I did it. I made it. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, shucks. No, thanks. Yeah, no, I made it back, and uh, Beaver jumped on the microphone. I think the first thing he heard was me breathing heavily, and he's thinking, you know, what, man, you've been doing push-ups? I mean, like, what's the deal? Beaver, I didn't mean to scare you like being so frantic it's just it shows you how dependent i am on this high point roasters coffee at the beginning of every show you know i i was a little startled <laughs> it is it's halloween mm-hmm. maybe you're running from something <laughs> maybe some gentleman is dressed up as michael myers chasing you around tupelo but no yeah. you just had to go get your coffee coffee the only thing i'm running from these days is my past <laughs> Oh, but my back does hurt. Beaver, I injured my back, man, my lower back. And I have no clue what I could have done to injure it. Oh. You read back problems? Yeah, I've had some I've had some back problems before. I, I don't know problems, but yeah. I have had something sneak up and just ruin my back for a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. See if I go back. 16 years is the first time I encountered some really bad back issues. And yeah, I was kind of tortured with it for a long time. Uh, eventually, sort of was able to do two things. I quit playing golf, which I picked that back up again. But I quit playing golf for a while and started working out my lower body, getting legs and stuff in shape, all that kind of stuff. And that seemed to help after a period of time. But And this doesn't feel like one of these permanent injuries. It's one of these things... You know, you ever have this real ambiguous thing where somebody goes, I've got a catch in my back. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Yeah. I, got, I got a catch. Well, what is that? <laughs> what are we even talking about? It's like you have to have felt it to know what somebody means. And they say, it's like I got a catch in my back. Like there's something that is preventing you from twisting and moving and bending without pain. And uh, so I got a catch in my back. That's what I've got. Well, yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. Beaver, when you woke up today, did you remember that it was Halloween? Yep. <laughs> yep, I did, because I've only got one night left for the 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 scary slash Halloween style movies. Oh yeah? You know you know how yeah. I uh-huh. you know how I won't go after the actual Halloween date. Right. So I can't watch them again until next 11 months from now. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, so tonight's it. I mean, do you live in a neighborhood where kids will knock on your door trick-or-treating? Oh, no. It's sad, man. My neighborhood, 29 years, and I I am not exaggerating. I think we've probably had 29 years total, less than 20 trick-or-treaters. Wow. Really? It's, it's not a... It's not a kid's zone. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, you deal with that. It's in the wrong part of... I always say I grew up in the wrong part of Pearl, and then I say, well, is there a right part of Pearl? <laughs> I'm not sure. But it's at the very edge of Pearl, like dangerously yeah. close to Brandon. Okay. And, you know, all the, all the, all the action happens in the middle of Pearl. Right. And, and you're on the edge? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, look, here's the thing about it. Trick-or-treating tonight, though, Beaver, I don't know that you're, you know, yours is a historical thing, you know, a year after year of not having trick-or-treaters ring your doorbell. Um, it, it may happen less than it does every year, and here's why. It's going to be freezing cold out there tonight. You know, I don't know what it got down to in the metro and, and even further south, like on the coast and those areas, but I know it got cold. In North Mississippi, we were at, I think, what, 34, 35 degrees when we woke up this morning. And tonight, no joke, okay, the high today in North Mississippi is 56. The low tonight is 29 degrees. There's a freeze warning <laughs> starting at like 9 p.m. tonight. Now, the good news is most everybody's done trick-or-treating by 9 p.m. anyway. Or they should be on a school night, if you ask me. But um, but still, I mean, your freeze warning, we in the 20s. And I would imagine that's going to hold a lot of it up. <laughs> or, or I would think. I know it would cut it short for me. You know, if we're out here in the 30s and I'm knocking on doors, trick-or-treat, you know, a few pieces of frozen candy, I'm out. Back to the house. Um, let's see. What does it say for Jackson? For Jackson? <clears throat> well, I mean, y'all. it's saying y'all got a freeze warning tonight, too. Right? Well, yeah. Okay, so the low tonight, Jackson Metro, is 32 degrees. <laughs> I mean, so, <clears throat> look, if you're trick-or-treating tonight, good luck, everybody. Hang in there. Bundle up. You know, hopefully you got one of those Halloween costumes that is going to provide you some warmth. Otherwise, you're just going to have to cover it up, bundle it up, and knock on the door. Be careful with that. Beaver, uh, Halloween theme here real quick. I may have asked you this before. I don't think I have. What did you dress up as, as when you were a kid for Halloween? You know, I can't really remember too many costumes. Mm -hmm. I can't either. You know, I think back. The only thing I remember is one time being Spider-Man. And it was the deal where it had like a, you had a Spider-Man shirt. And you remember the mask that would come in like the little costume package that it was a mask. It had basically a rubber band that would hold it onto your head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That that I got one. those. Those were most of my Halloween <laughs> when I was young, too, where in that, that exact bag you speak of. Yeah. Well, it, um, you know, the, when I was a kid, the way it would happen is, like, we'd have that mask on for, like, one picture. 
And then it just stayed on the top of your head the rest of the night. Like you got tired of breathing into that mask. <laughs> and so you then it just it stayed on and just put it up on top of your head. That's where it was the rest of the night. Um, well, anyway, happy Halloween. For whatever it's worth, there you go. Nick on the country pleasing text line. Hey, there you go. Be a part of the show. Hope you will be today on this Tuesday. Text me on the country pleasing text line. Number to text 885-3776. 601 number. 885-3776. Another way to remember the text line is 885-ESPN. 601-885-ESPN. Now you can also call me. Phone line's open to you. We had a good time on the phone yesterday on Reaction Monday. So call me. On the Divinity phone, number to call, 995-1059. 601 number, 995-1059. Nick texts the show. He says, I don't know if y'all remember this show, but my five-year-old daughter wanted to go as Billy the Exterminator. She watches reruns every night before bed. I don't remember that show. Beaver, you familiar with that show? Was that it's basically just a... Just the redneck guy who runs around and traps the rodents and stuff. Oh, is that what it is? It's, so it's like one of these shows on A&E that's basically sort of reality show? Yeah, he's like, he. okay, you remember the crocodile hunter? Yeah. He's the redneck exterminator version Okay. of the crocodile hunters. Just deals with rodents instead of wild animals. Okay. Well, there's some wild animals on that show okay. that he had to deal with. But I think that's who we're talking about. Okay. Well, all right, Billy the Exterminator. I'm seeing it. I, it's the first time I've ever heard of it. I mean, really interesting. first time it's ever even crossed my... I've never even heard of it before right now. I just Googled Billy the Exterminator. One of the first things that pops up, Beaver, is apparently he's gone to jail for something. Um, maybe some drug-related thing, or, or he did at some point get, get arrested for that. But there it is. Okay, so... It's a show, like season one, episode one of Billy the Exterminator is about bees and raccoons. Episode two, snakes in somebody's closet. <laughs> episode three, there's an alligator in somebody's boat. You know, I've never heard of this before, and I'm interested. Beaver, it sounds like you watched it some, though. I mean, is it a good show? I think I'll watch it. Uncle D, Texas show, says Billy the Exterminator was the guy who looked like Beetlejuice. Beaver is thinking about Turtle Man. All right. Uncle D, yeah, Turtle Man. I don't know about that one either. This Billy the Exterminator stuff looks like interesting shows, though. Snakes, alligators, raccoons, and bees. That's the first three episodes. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, okay. Now, I, I do want to get in on this. Uh, Patches O'Houlihan with a text here on the country pleasing text line. He's on the all-name team. Patches says, after an intense reaction Monday. Yeah, I know it was. Patches, did I rant too much? I felt like I did at the end of the show yesterday. I really did. I felt like I ranted too much. I didn't leave myself any time to really kind of chat it up with Beaver. And... Anyway. I apologize. Patches said, after an intense reaction Monday. How about a, what is this, Reflection Tuesday? 
What are we reflecting on? The weekend again? You want some more of that? Is that what you want? Because it's not what I want. I don't want to reflect anymore. I'm ready to go ahead and look ahead. And and one thing we are able to look ahead to now is you just see what Lane Kiffin said regarding Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. He kind of – it's weird. It's like he has – he is not in the least bit worried about his chances of losing that game to Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. That's the way I interpreted that. Because it's not like Lane Kiffin went out here and just took out a blowtorch and went to work on them. It was – he just kind of slipped it in his normal answers of – and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically what he said is, yeah, look, they got great players, and they still stink. And what do you think the problem is? Yeah, that'd be coaching. That's what that problem would be. <laughs> We're the ones in the top ten each year, and but they're the ones that ought to be. I mean, he basically says that, right? And, you know, going into a game, and it's almost like, you know, Kiffin has sort of cooled it on a lot of the trash talk with other teams and coaches here recently. But this one, he ain't cooling it. And, you know, I don't know if it's to get some eyeballs on the game or not. If it is, congrats, because they're going to be there. But it also says, like, he's not in the least bit worried about not being able to back up any of the shots or uh, grenades that he's lobbing over the bow there at Texas A&M. They got great players can't coach him, apparently, because... <laughs> anyway, I'll let you hear what he said coming up later in the show if you haven't... Uh... Heard it already. Also, Zach Arnett talked yesterday. Um, talked a little bit about reviewing the film of the Auburn game and kind of what went wrong. Spoke on a little bit of a lack of intensity. Bragged on Xavion Thomas, who that was probably the bright spot. We gave Xavion player of the game. I know it's in a losing effort, but he was a bright spot for State. And, you know, look, it's one of those where State's got a couple of guys on their offense who they've got to get the ball to and kind of knew that coming into the year, and they've had consistent problems getting it to them enough, it seems like. Like, you know, it's like a game here, game there, right? You know, Tulu Griffin, a game against South Carolina where you get it to him a bunch, and he shows what he can do. And then it's he's real quiet since then. Catcher two the other day. And all year, you know, he was – Xavion began the year injured, but then he got out there – Game two, three, somewhere in there. And and you've really had a hard time getting him involved and getting the ball. And you come into a game where either it's a matchup or you're very intentionally going to target him, and he just went off. And so there's some skilled players there. But he talked about him, and we'll hear all of that. All right. Over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Jimmy. On line one. Thanks for calling, Jimmy. What's up? Hey, Matt. How you doing? Great. I was, I really watched your Bulldogs last weekend, and I was I was hoping for Will to to come back to the quarterback position, but I guess it's not going to happen. Uh, Matt, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions today, and you may not want to answer them, or you may answer them. Um, I saw where Brett Favre's lawsuit was dismissed by the judge against Shannon Sharp over the welfare scandal, and I wanted to see if you had an opinion about uh, Brett Favre and, and, and the ex-governor and others' involvement in the welfare scandal as it relates to the uh, missing federal subsidy money, uh, welfare money that was taken. 
And then the other reason why I called you is I wanted to see what you thought about the Alabama-LSU game this weekend, what Alabama needs to do in order to win against uh, I mean the LSU gang. And um, is it going to help them a lot playing in their own stadium? Obviously, uh, it's a tough place to play sometimes. As you know, as you and I know, when uh, I saw you come out on the field uh, undefeated against Alabama years ago, and I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on those two subjects. Yeah, appreciate it. I'll be honest, Jimmy. I I had not followed the story, you know, since it initially came out, which I want to say was what back last year sometime. The whole, uh, you know, the welfare money thing and being the all the millions of dollars being misappropriated. It may be longer than that. Uh, it may have been out longer than that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, at any rate, I hadn't been following it that closely. And when you mentioned it, as you were talking there, I Googled it to see what you were talking about. The story that actually came out yesterday that a judge had dismissed Brett Favre's defamation lawsuit against Shannon Sharp. He was accusing him of making false statements about him on his talk show back when Shannon Sharp was on FS1. And... Sharp said some things uh, about Brett Favre when the story came out. So Favre's going to sue him for defamation. The judge just dismissed that. And so in terms of, you know, updates and stringing along what's going to be the result of all this, you don't really have much of an update. It's just the lawsuit gets – that's a defamation lawsuit that gets thrown out. You know, as far as overall opinions on it, I, I don't know a lot of the details, and I don't run in political circles and all that kind of stuff. I don't really follow it that closely. But I will tell you, Jimmy, like on the surface, this is an easy statement to make right here. Okay, and I think most of us, like everyday Americans, we all kind of agree on this. And that is it doesn't matter who it is, which celebrity, which politician, you know, and which side of the aisle. None of that matters. Money that is collected from taxpayers, that's me and you, that it is collected from taxpayers to give to poor people or to benefit poor people, needy people, then that money should absolutely, every single cent of it, with no exceptions, should be used to go to benefit those poor and needy people. Amen? Like, you agree with that? Uh, uh, 100%. 100%. It's your tax money. It's mine. If that's what they're doing, they're collecting. It's part of the tax dollars. It's set aside. Our elected officials have said this money's going into this pot, and it's going to be used for this purpose. Then every single cent of it, with no exceptions, no earmarking this, no a little bit leaks over here, no this bill's attached to that one, therefore, no. <laughs> if you're taking the tax... You're telling me you're collecting the money I make via taxes for a certain purpose. It better be used for that purpose. Because if it's used in any other way outside of that purpose, guess what? It's wrong. Guess what? It's a lie. Guess what? They're lying. He's lying. They're lying. They lied. And if it, you know, it's even, it's a reason people go to jail for that stuff is when it goes in their own pocket. It's greasy, nasty, awful, and it is punishable, and it should be. So, that's my opinion. As far as the details, leave it up to the prosecutors in the courts to figure out the details and dig through all that. I don't know. And what I'm not going to, you know, I'm not in a position because I don't know the details to stand here on my radio show and really accuse anybody. I've read the stories just like you have. 
Let them figure out who did what and punish them accordingly. But the punishment ought to ride on what you and I just agreed on. We're, I'm not even talking about 15 cents out of place. You want to take money from me and call it tax dollars, and you're saying that it is to be used to benefit needy fellow citizens that either are out of jobs or they are disabled or they are disenfranchised or and they're, they're poor and we want to lift them up, want to feed them. Okay, take the money and use it for that. But if you use as much as a quarter, a dime, a nickel elsewhere, then you are wrong and you have lied. It is that simple. Every time from the beginning of history to the end of it, it's that simple. All right, so. <laughs> and then on, on to Alabama and LSU, we can touch on that. Uh, next, I did get a text, uh, Jimmy, from an unnamed texter that said, how bad will Alabama stomp LSU? So that's obviously a leading question. I got somebody here that thinks Alabama's going to stomp LSU. And so I'll, I'll start off the next segment with, with that. Jimmy, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you. Call me anytime. Oh, Okay. <laughs> what did we get it? What, what did uh, Patches say? We had a reaction Monday yesterday. Now he wants a reflection Tuesday. Well, we're off to a heck of a start. <laughs> All right. Just getting started with you on this. What is it? Tuesday. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. The amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team, I don't know what the background is on this, but we got a text from Warren on the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It's the best. I ate some green onion country-pleasing last night for supper, along with, yeah, supper, supper, sure, along with some turnip greens and a few other things. Blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Warren texts the show. I don't know what the background is. But he says, Beaver, is anybody on your staff willing to get you some Count Chocula for Halloween? Now, I read you the corrected version, okay? So I don't know if Warren was speaking into his phone and it translated what he said as this, or if he typed it in the predictive text got him. But what he initially sent us, which was the incorrect version of his text, it said, and this is what I saw at first, and it really confused me, because it said, Beaver, is anybody on your staff willing to get you some cow chocolate for Halloween? <laughs> I thought, and what, what do you mean cow chocolate? And then he says Count Chocula. Okay, so, but Beaver, do you know where that's coming from? It's like you have you and Warren talked about Count Chocula before? 
Mmm, cow chocolate. <laughs> that is from... My goodness, that must have been four years ago now. Oh, wow. Uh, Chris Brooks. A conversation with Chris one day okay. about the cereals. Count Chocula, Boo Berry, and... Oh, man, what what was the other? Was But it was it Halloween? Franken... Oh, 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 Anyway. Yeah. It's Frankenberry. Frankenberry, yes. So... We were just talking about how those only come out seasonally these days. Yeah. And Chris, in one of his many empty promises, he said he was going to get me a box of cereal, a box of Count Chocula, because I hadn't yeah. had it in so long. And uh, he never did fulfill that promise. <laughs> and so Warren has always, he paid attention and he has always held on to that. How about that? Tell you what, Warren, with the four-year memory here, I'm talking about digging up bones over here on Halloween. <laughs> Chris Brooks, wherever you are, you owe Beaver some Count Chocula, a.k.a. Cow Chocolate. All right, back to the previous, and I told Jimmy we were going to discuss this. So the unnamed texter, Country Pleasing Text Line, says, How bad will Alabama stomp LSU? How do y'all feel about that? It's in Tuscaloosa, doubleheader on CBS this weekend. The 2.30 CBS is Missouri-Georgia at Georgia. That's at 2.30. And then CBS, primetime, Saturday night, 6.45 kick. Alabama hosting LSU. Alabama's uh, ranked 8th, LSU 13th, LSU 6-2. Losses to Florida State and Ole Miss. They're 4-1 in the SEC. Uh, Alabama's 5-0 in the SEC. 7-1. They're only lost to Texas. Is the SEC down, y'all? I mean, ultimately, we're going to get to find out, I guess. We get into a 14 playoff, see who's in, who's not, and all that. But is the SEC overall, is it down? That's probably a question that many other shows and many other hosts have kicked around. Has Jake talked about that, Beaver? Whether or not the SEC is down this year? Have you heard Jake going on about that yet? Yeah, that's that's been discussed somewhere. What was the what was the idea? What did Jake come up with? I don't remember the details. Yeah, I got you. How do you feel in your personal heart of hearts, Beaver? SEC up or down? I think it's down. Yeah, you just base it off just straight up wins and losses. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I don't think it's this uh, now. Some some voices around the country I've heard. They want to act like it's this. It's taking this massive fall off a cliff. Mm. No, I I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I think I'm right in there with you. That, you know, the top end of the SEC has has for so many years just been so dominant that you'd have a whole bunch of undefeateds at this point. You know, you'd have undefeated LSU, undefeated Alabama, undefeated Georgia by this point. And then they'd figure out who could which one of them could beat each other at the end of the year. That's an interesting thought. I hadn't spent much time thinking about it, just glanced at it. You realize that LSU is not in the top ten. They've got two losses. Alabama's not in the top five. They've got one loss. Of course, you do have Georgia at the top. I mean, Ole Miss is up. 
anyway uh this one is tough for me i you know It's in Tuscaloosa, and you lose to them last year. And kind of like Alabama and Tennessee, it, you know, you feel like you want to say the same things about it, right? Go back to when Alabama beat Tennessee a couple weeks ago. They are hosting Tennessee after losing to them on the road at Tennessee last year. Nick Saban in his career, particularly at Alabama, he's not losing to the same folks two years in a row. You know, he lose somebody one year, turn around and beat them the next most of the time. And that's kind of how it played out against Tennessee. And this is a similar deal, right? Last year's Alabama team with Bryce Young goes on the road, loses to LSU. Now you're going to turn around and host them at home with with Milrow. You know, you do have to kind of some look at some things in a vacuum. And the question mark that I have is Alabama has not been this offensive juggernaut that it has been in some years past. Certainly had struggles early in the year, right? Um, 24 in a loss to Texas. 17 in a win to South Florida. 24 in a win over Ole Miss. Did put up 40 on state. Milroe had a career day throwing the ball. Imagine that. 26 points in a win over A&M. And then... 24 in the win over Arkansas and kind of broke out really with 34 points in the win over Tennessee two weeks ago. But that was after the first half, they were kind of not good. So they're good, done a lot of good things, explosive, but they're they're not the consistent this offensive firepower that they have had. And they have, in a lot of ways, relied on a very good defense. Again, you know, giving up just 20 to that Tennessee team. Um, held that Ole Miss offense to 10 points in Tuscaloosa. Gave up 20 to A&M, 21 to Arkansas, 17 to State. So, you know, and, and why I'm bringing this up is let's just say that we were to decide in evaluating Alabama that the strength of their team this year has been defense. The consistent, most consistent part of their team this year has been defense. Well, I'm not so sure that, that LSU doesn't have the offense and the offensive weapons to really get after Alabama's defense. Of all the teams on the schedule, Texas early, and now here's LSU with Jaden Daniels, and a lot of people have him leading a Heisman race, and we've seen him in person. And with a little bit of time, man, he's really good. Um, you know, I, I give – the question was how bad will Alabama stomp LSU – I'm fine with it if they do, but I just don't think it's going to be that way. I think LSU is going to be very competitive in this game, and and then some. I actually expect LSU to go into Tuscaloosa and be much more competitive across the full four quarters of the game than even Tennessee was. A lot of that's because of Jaden Daniels. Okay, well, if that's the case, then, you know, it's really going to put a lot more pressure on Milrow and the offense there at home than they have experienced this year. You look at the second half against Tennessee. Now, there's some pressure there. You're down at halftime. You came out and got it done. To their credit, they came out and made the plays and got it done. But it doesn't feel like you can afford to fall behind to LSU the way they fell behind to Tennessee. I'm not saying they will. 
I just see it as a much closer matchup between these two teams than even I did when, you know, they were hosting Tennessee. So I I have no way of knowing which way it's going to go. I, I give LSU a good chance. I do. And they both, right, they both have had two weeks to get ready for each other. <laughs> and so, shoot, man, I, I keep talking about it, and I, I find myself leaning over there towards wanting to pick an upset. It's just that saving factor. The saving factor of having lost to them last year on the road and now you're going to host them here, he does not lose those kinds of revenge games. He just doesn't lose them, does he? That's why I can't do it. The quarterback matchup tells me LSU. But the saving factor tells me Alabama. I think it will be a close game. Be cool if it's one of those classic games. You know, it's a CBS doubleheader. I would imagine they're going to have the Gary Danielson, Brad Nessler, number one CBS crew at that game in Tuscaloosa Saturday night. So they'll have somebody else call them Missouri and Georgia, I would think. All right. More of your texts, your calls coming up. Rolling along with you on this Tuesday. Still coming up, we're going to hear what Arnett and Kiffin said yesterday in their press conferences. All that and more in the Bureau, the Foreign Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Happy Halloween. What's your favorite Ghostbusters? Which one? One, two, or three. How many are there? (laughs) I know there's a couple. I saw in the 80s. Back with you, I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Beaver's here. Thank goodness he's here, or else we don't have a show. And thank goodness you're here. We don't have a reason to have a show. Really do appreciate you tuning in, listening however, whenever. And uh, for those who inevitably will listen to this show via podcast later in the day or maybe even later in the week, appreciate you all as well. And if you have not yet accessed the show via podcast it's a good way to do it just go to itunes or spotify type in the matt wyatt show there it is subscribe hit that button and you'll be listening on the go whenever you want if you miss it or if you want to hear it again scary show there's a hint for you tv show name that tv show came out in 2010 Any ideas? I bet Jason in Flagstaff recognizes that. Beaver, do you know what this TV show is? Walking Dead. My man knows it. Beaver knew it right away. 
Yeah, uh, on this day, in fact, October 31st, 2010, Halloween 2010, AMC aired the first episode of The Walking Dead. Hadn't seen one of them, but I know it's a great show because millions have and talk about it. And Jason even sent me a, like DVDs to watch at one point of the first few seasons, and I didn't watch it. But uh, I did give it to a friend, and he watched them all. <laughs> but there you go for you Walking Dead lovers. Uh, it started on this day, Halloween 2010. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, Texas show, and said, I love The Walking Dead. Well, if there were ever a time to mention it, it'd be today. You know, and my image of Halloween doesn't go with this like super scary, intense, terrifying music. You know, like I hear this and all I picture is my neighborhood with golf carts and like moms and dads riding around in golf carts with their kids. Some of the dads even dress up. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't fit. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Jason did give us an update. He said he used to love The Walking Dead anyway. He said the last several years of it were absolute garbage. Now, prior to that, Jason texted the show a little bit ago and said he started to ask this question yesterday, but he ran out of time. He said, if Will Rogers is out again this week against Kentucky, why wouldn't they start slipping in Chris Parson a little bit just to see what he's got going forward? Isn't he a mobile guy that can throw pretty well? Yeah, you know, uh, what I would say, Jason, is, yes, he is a mobile guy. You know, freshman from Tennessee, right? Uh, got a little banged up earlier in camp and fall, but I think he's fine now. He's been going through warm-ups and all that kind of stuff. However, you know, whatever the reason is, Jason, I don't know exactly. But I know that... A couple of weeks ago in the Arkansas game, I'm watching warm-ups, and Will was out. And it was pretty clear to me that Mike Wright was the number one quarterback that day. And it was also pretty clear to me that the number two quarterback that day against Arkansas was Jake Ware, the former Tupelo QB who, you know, is like this brilliant kid who is a much better athlete people realize. He goes to state uh, as a walk-on and has worked his way up and, Back in the spring, Jake was their second-best passer in the spring behind Will. He throws it really well. He's about 6'6", six, 6'1", six, and you know he's a true 4'6 guy. So, like, Parson was there that day, but it's pretty clear to me the way they were going through warm-ups that Ware was actually going to be the number two if, if something happened there. And, again, I don't know if that's injury-related or not. I, I, I can't confirm it either way. Um, I do know, though, that – Yes, and watch him. He does throw it well. Um, there are times to me when he still looks like a freshman throwing the ball, which is, you know, it just has a different look to it a lot of times for those first-year freshmen that are out of high school. They just aren't maybe on the level of some of the older guys. But uh, he does throw it well. He is a he's a much more he's like a thicker build than any of the other quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, the kid's thick and muscular, and he does run well. It's just, you know, no experience whatsoever to this point. They had not had a chance to work him in there.
for various reasons. So, And Zach Arnett was asked about him yesterday, and I think he did say, yeah, he's available to play. And, and rightly so, on a Monday, wouldn't commit to playing him or not. You know, you just – and you wouldn't. You just leave that stuff out there. But I think he could, and I'm like you. I, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you've got to have – Right, I mean, on a best-case scenario, on any given play, you'd love to have an equal run-pass threat if you're going to be that style of offense. And, um, you know, to have situations where the pass threat is really not there, unless you're behind late in the game, it makes it so much easier on a defense to line up and come downhill and hit you, you know. And uh, so you got to be able to do both, kind of keep them off balance. And so if they go too much further and have have continue to have trouble scoring any points at all, really, um, against SEC defenses, then you'll get to a point where you're kind of like, yeah, well, why not? Let's just let's just try everything. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, White Denzel Texas show. We were talking about Saban and Alabama losing to LSU last year, and then turn around and play them this year. Um, the whole revenge game thing for Saban, he's been as good or better than anybody in the, in the world at that over the course of his career. And we are conditioned to just go, well, they lost to him last year, so he's probably not losing to him this year. Happened again this year with Tennessee. So they lose at LSU last year. Now they're at home hosting them this weekend. And Denzel said if, Al- if LSU beats Alabama, Daniels will become the only the second quarterback to beat Bama in back-to-back years. And then he said Drew Brees did it at Purdue when Saban was at Michigan State. Now, Denzel, am I reading this right? Are you saying that to this point, are you saying that the only quarterback to beat Saban, a Saban coach team in back-to-back years, is Drew Brees when he was at Purdue and Saban was at Michigan State? Is that what you're saying? Or are those two separate things? Okay, so you're saying that, all right, so without looking it up, then you're telling me that there has never been an SEC quarterback that has beaten Saban in back-to-back years? That is just incredible. It's just incredible. And as good as they've been and as loaded with personnel as they have been over the years at Alabama, and they have been absolutely loaded with personnel. I mean, look at the NFL rosters. But still, it's just hard to wrap your mind around how consistently good he has had those teams. And, you know, you can look around and find any number of examples that are contrary, other teams that have all these great players, and give them 10 years. They're still going to have more bumps than he's had. He's, he's amazing. I mean, the whole thing's amazing. And that's it. It's not just getting the players Okay, it's getting them every year for 10, 15 years. And then it's not just having the players for 10 or 15 years better than everybody else. It's having a way to whip them up into a team and not having consistent letdowns. They even have letdowns in the NFL on some of the better teams. Look at the 49ers. It's just incredible. Just me anyway. I, it's got me. They got my respect. How could they not have your respect? 
and switching quarterbacks and changing offenses and a revolving door in, at the assistant coach positions. Oh, and one other thought on this Lane Kiffin taking shots at Jimbo Fisher this week. Did it? Did y'all? any of y'all have the thought, too, that possibly some of it that goes into Lane Kiffin's disdain for Jimbo Fisher and A&M is the fact that Lane Kiffin thinks very highly of Nick Saban and is very fond of Nick Saban. And every now and then he'll let you in on that because of what he did for him. And that whole deal last year where Jimbo just went berserk and just totally went off his rocker on that rant against Saban, that that's another reason that Lane Kiffin, of, of all the coaches out there and all the programs, Lane Kiffin does not hesitate to, to mess with Jimbo Fisher. And I just wonder if that's not part of it, too, because I know that Fisher included some shots at Kiffin about the transfer portal and being a clown and stuff, but it just seems like it goes beyond just a little bit personal, and there's something else in there. And I'm wondering if it's the whole saving thing. I really do. All right. More of your texts, your phone calls coming up in hour two of the show, which is next here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around.